Saturday with Colm O'Mongon on RTE Radio 1. All right, well, we're going to look at rural housing guidelines now and Minister Peter Burke, I know you've been working on them in recent times. They're due to be put out for public consultation in the coming weeks and you have given a heads up in terms of what you'll be proposing uh, a commitment on your part to one-off housing. You've been quoted recently as saying people have a right to live where they're from. Well, that might be welcome news to those hoping to build a family home on family land. But how does it go down with planners and does it run contrary to climate action goals? Well, Dr Sean O'Leary is a senior planner with the Irish Planning Institute. He's on the line now. Sean O'Leary, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Colin. Uh, your view of one-off housing... Well, I think probably at the outset, we need to stop talking about this as just a a rural housing, one-off housing issue. Uh, We need to look at this as as a wider issue, and and that is the lens that planners bring to this. Uh, You know, rural housing needs to integrate with transport policy, with telecommunications policy, water quality policy, heritage and landscape policy, and as you said, most pressingly, climate and energy policy. And we really do hope that the revised guidelines the Minister will be bringing forward uh, do that and bring the conversation going uh, forward uh, to start really integrating all those right. issues into it. Well, to look at it through some of those lenses, you, you, you ticked a couple of boxes there, water, uh, etc. Let's start with energy and renewable energy. What's the issue with one-off housing in that situation? Well, one of the issues with uh, one-off rural housing uh, is with renewables and also the infrastructure that goes alongside them. So there is uh, issues around the country where there is housing, one-off housing, in areas that can come into conflict if there is also a good wind or a good solar resource, for example, there. And then also you need to connect those renewables to the grid and you need to connect them to where the demand is. So you've got the opportunity or the potential for uh, houses in areas with a good renewable um, resource uh, objecting to those projects. Right. So pe- people don't want windmills or solar farms near near their house and the more spread out houses you have, the fewer areas you can put these in. Is that the argument? That is, that is one of the issues. All right. If a person wants to live in rural Ireland, where should they live, in your view, if not in the countryside? Well, there's... there's there's always going to be a case where there is a rural housing need. There will be livelihoods that need to be in the countryside. So I don't think anybody is saying that there is never going to be another one-off rural house. But we need to look at alternatives. Um, Clearly, the proliferation of one-off rural houses is causing issues for towns and villages. And every one-off that is in the countryside is a potential household lost to a town or a village, uh, which are being hollowed out. Um, And we just look at, I mean, there is very clear alternatives we need to look more at refurbishing and renovating existing buildings and the Cree Cunaha scheme that the government has brought forward has funding streams in that to renovate, reuse the housing stock and the buildings that are already in the countryside. And then we also need to look at alternatives to one-off housing and that is service sites, again, in our towns and our villages. And Cree Cunaha, again, at least uh, has begun to allow for that where you can get from a local authority, a discounted site that is going to be serviced, it's going to have access, it's going to have water, it's going to have wastewater, uh, and and you're going to be within the nucleus of a town or a village. And you can build what you want within that, within reason, but you can build what you want, but it is within that settlement. And for people, we heard from a woman in prime time during the week, she had her mortgage uh, deposit saved, she was looking for the help to to buy uh, money as well, and then a housing uh, association came in and bought the entire estate, meaning she was left high and dry. For somebody from rural Ireland where there may be land on a family farm and they're not seeing alternatives elsewhere, 
and there's a, a potential site on offer, what would you say to them when they say there are really no alternatives in the middle of a housing shortage? Well, I don't think there's one rural, uh, and that's something that the um, current guidelines and hopefully the future guidelines will elaborate more on. That within um, the commuter belt of towns and villages, that is a different type of housing need. The people who want to live there, the people who are building there, the people who are purchasing sites there, that's a different housing need to a remote area. And uh, I, I mean, what we need to be providing, first of all, is those alternatives in our towns and villages. And also we need to be doing more to actually renovate the buildings that we have, reusing them, bringing them back into use. So I think all those alternatives need to be looked at before, again, uh, I suppose as it is at, this, at the moment, a one-off rural house is a default for some people. And in some areas that may be appropriate. But again, um, unless we're considering the environmental impact of these things and also just the future of these, if we're uh, trying to reduce private car dependency, um, you know, how actually we're going to continue to service a very dispersed population. It has been an issue for, for, for many, many years and I suppose the imperative of climate action has really brought it to the fore now. Well, the National Broadband uh, spokesperson for uh, rolling out the National Broadband there during the week was talking about how what how it was going to reach all areas and very remote areas uh, eventually. Might that solve the traffic problem? If you could roll out enough broadband, would there be fewer people on the roads so that in effect it wouldn't matter where they live? Yeah, and there's, there's definitely technological solutions there and I suppose things like uh, septic tank technology has moved on a lot, but you still have a situation where half of septic tanks are failing their annual, uh, annual inspections according to EPA figures. So we're a long way off where we can say that a, a one-off rural house is going to be completely sustainable. Definitely in some places they can continue to, continue to be appropriate and they're a solution for some people. Uh, but the situation where the, 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 the default, I think, needs to be challenged more than it is at the moment. Uh, and, and, and certainly um, the OECD has done some work on this about actually how you try to bring public transport and bring services and accessible services to a dispersed rural population in rural Ireland. And it is going to be a big challenge into the future, particularly as we're trying to decarbonise. OK. Dr Sean O'Leary, Senior Planner with the Irish Planning Institute. Thanks for joining us. Peter Burke, you said people have a right to live where they're from, but do they in all cases? Well, I think if someone uh, has a social or economic need, and that's what the National Planning Framework sets out in terms of uh, how we plan to really develop our areas right out to 2040. So if you have an individual that's either working in a locality, runs a business, could be a vet or could be uh, someone who is in employment directly in a village, they should definitely have yeah. a right to uh, live there. Or it could be someone from the farming community who has to be uh, near their location of business. And that's why we're trying uh, well, to who's, frame a, who's objecting to that? Because in the quote in the Irish Examiner on the 18th of November, you said there has been much commentary of late about banning rural one-off housing since my appointment. From whom? Well, you would not believe the amount of WhatsApp messages that have been doing the rounds and people, you only have to listen to the doll, listen to some of the commentary from our rural independents. Many of them are on the Doyle public record as, as saying that you cannot build a one-off rural house in Ireland. Many of them are. And uh, there was a huge amount of public discourse I know, but who's talking about banned. the proposal? About They're talking about the difficulties of building them. But who's talking about banning them? Are your co colleagues in coalition, the Green Party, no, talking people about banning were, them? There was this rumour that went round that they were going to be banned and it was on many media outlets that was put forward and I was trying to respond to that by putting forward a sustainable approach that you really have to acknowledge and understand the need for one-off rural housing and for circumstances where people need by way of economic activity so or was, social So it was ties. a rumour? Absolutely. Right. So, so when, you, when you said I've commentary been, been about late about banning rural housing 
you've been determined to put in place so there will be absolutely no such ban. You're, no, you're, you're, set, you're setting up a bit of a straw man. There. No, the reason I'm putting in place the policy is because the previous document uh, in rural planning was in 2005. It's 17 years out of date and the National Planning Framework has come in subsequent to that. So we need to have a shared vision in our planning policy whereby the new guidelines will really wrap around the meat and the bones of what okay, does social right. mean and what does economic mean so people can have a sustainable uh, result for one-off rural housing into the future. Kian O'Callaghan. Yeah, I, I think one of the issues with this is that there's been a lack of affordable options for people in cities and urban areas and that has meant a spillover from people who actually would like to be living uh, in cities or urban areas and their only option that they have is then to move into housing and commute you know, hours away in more distant areas and more rural areas. So no question that for people who have a genuine need to live in a rural area that should be supported and needs to be I think it's important saying around that and the issues around sustainability there's different ways of doing that so it is much more preferable for example if people are living in a rural area if they're able to live in a rural cluster rather than just individual isolated one-off houses it even means as people grow older that they've neighbours around them if you're trying to deliver any services or supports you're better able to do it so there are ways of making, you know, living in rural areas more sustainable, easier to serve. But there are long-term consequences when this isn't done well. So, like, during the Celtic Tiger years, we effectively built an entire city out in the countryside. And that was mainly people moving out of uh, city and urban areas uh, who couldn't afford uh, to live there anymore. And the costs that has have on them, but also in terms of uh, sustainability, extra car use, all those different things uh, does have quite an impact. So it is important to plan well. We were talking earlier about the importance of good community facilities and amenities. That's much easier to, li- to deliver in areas where there's you know, people living together. So it is important to plan this well and to get the balance on it right. All right Louise O'Reilly, you have a rural part in, in your constituency. Do what indeed. do you tell if constituents, what do you say to constituents who come to you talking about the need to build one-off housing in, in rural well, Ireland? C- can I just uh, address a point made by uh, the minister there? Uh, they, oftentimes on the opposition benches, we scratch our heads and we wonder what it is that motivates the, the government and, and where from come their policies. But uh, the fact that a policy has now been developed off the back of a WhatsApp rumour, um, that's that's news it. to me. Pretty much I didn't what you say said, that. Peter. That's totally that's, correct. That's, I said it's that's the news to me. guidelines so the, have to be updated. Well, just let him respond no, to that, that and I'll come like, back to you. This is ridiculous when you have, you know, a credible politician like yourself trying to mislead what I said. Oh, 2005, the previous... The, okay, the policy no, was prompted by the rumour that came to you It was prompted because the 2005 guidelines are out of date and we have the MPF in vogue. It was Colm that put the view to me that there was a ban on one-off housing and I was explaining where that was coming from. A WhatsApp so rumour. here, I think. A WhatsApp rumour. Okay. So um, I think that we do need to look at, obviously we're in the middle of a housing and accommodation uh, crisis caused in no small part by the policies of Peter's government. But I do think we need to, to look at, you know, issues around sustainability when we're planning are incredibly important. But you have to balance that with the fact that there are people who have an economic uh, stake in a community. They're settled there and they want to stay close. I mean, we can all understand, you know, wanting to stay close to, to where we are from. But there are issues around sustainable transport and uh, around amenities and facilities that just make it easier to plan if there are groups together. So I suppose when we're looking, we need to look, uh, uh, you know, when we're looking at planning, we need to look at getting that balance right. So you can't absolutely rule out one form of uh, of housing over another, but you do need to look at what is going to be sustainable into the future. And what's sustainable, I think, are houses in smaller clusters, you know, because that makes it, that makes more sense. But where somebody has land and an economic stake, I think the planning should uh, be able to accommodate 
accommodate, uh, be able to accommodate them building where they have the land, where they have the, the economic stake in the community. But I would so question... Ch- children the, of farmers should be allowed. I would, well, I would, I, see, I would question the wisdom of saying this type of housing is banned or this type of housing is, is all that we're going but to if do. It, well, I think we need to look at what's... If a family uh, owns land mixed. and that's an, an option for affordable housing, Th- that family should be facilitated in living beside each other on that land. But I think people are being forced to make choices that they do not want to have to make by virtue of the fact that we are in the middle of a cost of living and a housing uh, crisis. So people can't afford to live in towns. So therefore, they are looking to the land that's there. So but until I think they can, have, they should be allowed to build one off houses. I think they, well, I think every house needs to be considered in terms of its impact and exactly as Sean has said you need to look at the impact on the environment you need to look at the impact on transport you need to look at the impact on right. amenities and plan but, but just for even those you're, based future. on what you're saying there road safety for example Dr Suzanne Mead who contributed to Lorcan Sir's book Housing in Ireland said there's a 4% hike in collision rates every time access is opened onto a road I mean that's a consideration isn't it? Absolutely yes and, that, and all of these should form part of planning but as Cian has said we built the uh, we built thousands and thousands of houses during the Celtic era, um, where Celtic Tiger era, where you know there, there wasn't any there wasn't any planning. So you know you did have uh, there wasn't doesn't seem to be much forethought put into it, and it was done in a haphazard way. I think you know the lesson that we have learned from that is you know one light touch regulation doesn't work, and two we need to plan not just for the homes that we need today, but for the homes and the communities that we're trying to build for the future. Yeah, can I just just make a point on this? If you don't control this properly, eventually you end up with no agricultural land at all. You just end up with housing spilling out into agricultural areas. So it does have to be controlled and there does have to be a level of uh, planning around that. And I think there is a, a key point on this in terms of there's a lot of vacant homes actually in rural areas. That's where we have some of our highest levels of vacant uh, homes in the country. So getting those back into use and getting those renovated, it's much more sustainable using an existing building, building, you know, renovating, putting an extension on. And then it doesn't mean that we're having that proliferation of more and more right. buildings into rural areas. So that is an important part of the solution on this. OK, uh, just sticking with the a related issue to housing, people before profit are going to table a no confidence motion on Dar O'Brien next Wednesday. Um, Peter Burke, to you first. What's, what's, what's the plan there? Well, the plan is the government will put a motion of confidence uh, in the minister on Tuesday evening. And uh, obviously, in the last uh, motion of no confidence in the government, we had um, a, a significant margin. 19 was the margin on that occasion. So we expect we're a government with a majority that we will have a significant margin to combat the motion. And our view is very clearly that it's wasting valuable time at this current point, that we really need to focus on solutions here. And I don't see any solutions being offered by right. Paul Murphy or Richard Boy Barrett or okay, any well, they're, they're not here to defend themselves. But the other, the two members of the opposition who are here, Keane O'Callaghan and Louise O'Reilly, how will you be voting in that motion? Uh, the Social Democrats will be voting in support uh, of the motion of no confidence. And we, we've never had any confidence in this government in terms of housing. We've Unfortunately, we've got the highest rents ever in this country, highest house prices ever, the highest number of people living in emergency accommodation for, for homeless people, the highest number of people in their late 20s into their 30s still living in their childhood bedroom bedrooms. Uh, on every metric that matters, 
the situation on housing has just gotten worse uh, since this government has uh, taken uh, office. And I don't think the government are actually properly aware of that because we're always hearing from them how well they're doing on housing, how their plan is working. Uh, even a few weeks ago, we had the Minister for Housing and the Taoiseach telling us that commencements on housing are up when in fact they're uh, significantly down. Uh, so I think okay. there does need to be a reality so check with the government. You're voting no confidence. Louise O'Reilly. We will be voting no confidence in the Minister. We don't have confidence in the government, uh, to be fair. And all of the available evidence, and the, the government like to talk a lot about things that might happen into the future, and, and indeed they very well might, but it's unlikely if you look at past performance and take that as an indicator of what is going to happen. So we could currently are dealing with the highest levels of the highest rates of rent uh, in the state. We have people who are effectively locked out of home ownership, locked out of renting and living in their parents' back bedroom. We have the INMO doing a survey now that finds that 60% of graduates are considering emigration. And we know that people uh, are going... uh, thinking, young people in particular, are thinking about moving abroad simply to get somewhere to live, right. okay. uh, which is absolutely disgraceful. So no, we don't have confidence in this government, okay. nor indeed in the minister who is failing in his role in housing. All right, we're back shortly with dogs after this. Saturday with Colm O'Mungon on RTE Radio 1.